What I was planning to do is start the interview just asking you a little bit about where, where you grew up and kind of what your, your family was like and so on. My father was in early radio, 1927, in the radio. And at the time, which they felt they were pretty well established, uh, he bought a house for us in Pound Ridge, New York, a tiny suburb or exurb 50 miles from New York City, just far enough so that you had to have a driver if you were, you have to be wealthy enough to have a driver to go in, uh, three acre zoning, you know, pretty exclusive kind of area. Uh, and as soon as we moved out there, they lost their radio program that had been on, that been on the air for 20 years, uh, national, national radio, um, CBS, um, Anyway, so we became simply a very, very, very um, uh, uh, hard scrabble uh, people in a very fancy community. But it was a small town. I loved the. I loved uh, living in a small town, uh, and uh, I think the boredom of um, of, of uh, loved living in the sense that we had all the nature around us. But uh, there was also a lot of boredom simply because there were no kids around, uh, and. Anyway, that led to my having lived since living there a more than active life doing too many things at one time, including things like this. And, <laughs> and when, what type of music did you first kind of get excited about? I loved uh, anything involving the banjo and uh, four-string banjo, mostly Dixieland music. And we, uh, I think we probably, when we do Alabama Jubilee, that's a salute to, uh, to my uh, youthful passion. And did you have any compatriots? I mean, you said there weren't many people in the neighborhood, but did you have no other, one, anyone you were playing music with no growing one, up? No one playing music at all. My father bought me an old banjo and, uh, and, he, and some advice from one of the people that, uh, that he did sessions work with, uh, session work in New York, was a fellow named Tony Gattuso, who um, uh, one of my friends here at the school said was actually a respected jazz, uh, jazz guitarist. And Tony Gattuso's advice was, just give him the banjo and he'll figure it out. <laughs> and that <laughs> didn't really work that way. <laughs> How did you make your way to Chicago? I came to Chicago to go to the University of Chicago, to the Divinity School. Uh, I was not quite suited for that. I quickly moved into English and, uh, and then stayed on at the university as an administrator for a good number of years before going to the city colleges and... Uh, and, uh, and just at the same time as uh, I think I started with City Colleges was the time that uh, I met uh, Fran, my wife. Uh, and the miracle at the same time was that uh, having taken classes at the Old Town School, um, I was actually uh, hired to um, teach harmonica. And how, what were kind of your first impressions when you first came along and discovered the school? Well, actually, the school has always been, and still is, a wonderful informal place to uh, to learn music because the whole point of the school is to make music easy for people to learn. And one of the ways they've done that over the years, since the very beginning, was um, hiring people as teachers who have been students. So right now, there um, several of the teachers of beginning guitar classes are people who came to the school as students as I came as a harmonica student. And uh, as it happened in my case, uh, the teacher I had 
ran off with this lovely woman who was in the same class that I was in. And, uh, and the way I got to teach was the administration suddenly said, wait a second, hold on, he's on his way at the door. Hey, look, who can teach your class? He said, well, he's that Lant guy. He's taken three of my classes. And uh, yeah, so for, see you guys later. And that was the last we heard of Dan Marsden. Uh, uh, and so I learned largely, learned a lot of harmonica by teaching. And now it's, I'm in my 33rd year, and I think I've finally become a fairly good teacher. Uh, and uh, and I, we'll talk a little bit about teaching a little later in the show, but I did want to, right now I want to talk about how did the jug band come together and what's the philosophy behind it, if there is one. This is the magic of the school again. You go to the Old Town School, and if, if you... The school doesn't do a good job of talking about this, but, but it's a place where you meet other people who like to make music. In our case, we, Fran and I took... Actually, Fran signed up for the jug band class. I was teaching a class that same night. The jug band class always ran late because it's so much fun. My class would end on time. Uh, and I would then go over to the jug band class. We started playing. We met uh, met uh, two of the people you, you'll see here, uh, the washboard player and the melodica, melodica uh, slide whistle, um, uh, everything uh, player is his, his wife. Um, and then um, Chuck, who is the guitar player, had been playing along as, as an accompanist to my band, which I'm looking for mm -hmm. additional accompanists right now. I'm looking at Dan here. Um, <laughs> The, uh, and then uh, I went to a festival someplace, and I saw this amazing Washington bass player, which is, uh, is uh, Boom Boom, uh, who, was, uh, who really made the, made the band, uh, gives the band its our, our, our guts, uh, our, our, our framework that makes us, keeps us together. Well, maybe, maybe we could have them all come up, and, and you could, we could introduce them as they come up, or they could introduce themselves, and we could play a few Great. songs. Great. Jugnuts, onward. <laughs>
Play all the blues. Or no, pardon me, uh, uh, wrong song. Um, Rock me, baby. Rock me, baby. Rock me all night long. Rock me, baby. Rock me all night long. Who wants you to rock me? Tell I don't want no more. Go roll me, mama. Roll me like you're from dough. Roll me, mama. Like you roll your flower dough. Ah! want you to roll me Ooh. like I don't want no more.
Actually, but before the, the band leaves, I well, I want to ask at least about well some of the instruments of the. Uh, how I, I want to ask about this washboard here. Yeah. What what's going on there? How did you? I feel like you've made some adjustments to it. Well, yes, it's uh, it's your basic washboard that, that you could get at the uh, uh, Ace Hardware you uh-huh. know, to do your washing on. And we added a few things. It's sort of a a living instrument in that it changes. Sometimes things fall off. Sometimes we <laughs> add things. I used to have this fine rubber chicken on the side. We used to squeak really well. It was a dog toy, of course. Um, we were playing outside one time, and I got accosted by dogs, and they took it. So I had to replace it with the little bongos. <laughs> so what? Well, what's going on on the side where your left hand is? There's well, there's, something. There's one, of, there's one of these goodies, which is a lot of fun. Uh, there, there's some groups. I, I won't mention who they are, but. They use this in every song. Yeah, you, hear, you hear this constantly going on in the background. Uh, where, where does one get something like that, doodad? Um, Toys R Us. Well, okay. not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore but that's where we used to get them. Uh-huh. The Old Town School. Do they have this at Old Town School? I'm sure they do. I'll bet they do. Yeah, I'll bet they do. And these music would have it. Oh, they've got okay. all kinds of crazy nutty stuff. Or find the dogs that got your chicken, and maybe they can help you get that <laughs> off the top. No, I think that uh, I think it's now like a, a pulled chicken thing, you know. And I think uh, got something interesting here that. Uh, yeah. This Fran is, is actually Jake helped me put this together. It's an old. It's an antique oil can uh-huh. with a kazoo added so we called it call it an oil can zoo and it has a nice deep whoop gotta flip that it's a lot deeper than my uh spamazoo which is a spam can with a kazoo <laughs> But, you know, we had to actually open a can of Spam to make this, which That's was pretty disgusting. Dedication to your art there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then... And then... There's the keyboard instrument, which I, which I don't recall in the traditional jug bands, but I think it fits quite well here. No, but there's <laughs> nothing terribly unusual about... Right. Untraditional, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's it's a nice little. Actually, it's a toy, right? But it is a serious instrument. If you go on YouTube, you can see some pretty interesting musicians. Um, and it's a nice, you know, way to carry a, an accordion without all the weight. <laughs> and it's a little piano. It's so nice. It's a nice instrument. And the other the other instrument you have there? Uh, well, it's it's a moose call. Um, we don't have moose here, but. Uh-huh. That's that's what you'd want. We will to now. Hear. <laughs> with with the dogs. Um, and then down, of course, at the end, um, what's what's that? That's a washtub base. A washtub base. And it's did an you make electric, that? It's an electric one string. Uh huh. Did you make it yourself, or you? I did. It? Yeah. I did. It's uh, a washtub, a hockey stick. A uh, guitar pickup and a fishing stringer. 
<laughs> and you just kind of put it together and you make funny sounds on it. <laughs> it's cool. Nobody has any expectations. If you hit a note, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and that, this is what got me started about in the first place when I heard your, your can. And then, I, then I have this, uh, this canjo, which uh, was constructed actually by Petri over here. Uh, and it is another one-string instrument. Actually, I, I like one-string instruments a lot. This one, uh, and then, of course, as it goes dour, it kind of, kind of falls apart down the lower, lower register. But, uh, but it's, it's like the slide whistle, and like we also have a, I didn't bring it today for, for fear of too much spam, but we also have a, um, a, uh, a spamzo, Spam Joe, which is a one string connected with a can of spam and uh, and with the spam removed, of course. So, how, how many instruments do you guys create a year? Uh, oh, we it's endless, endless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all jug band music, and it's, it's great music. And then there's the guitar, the strange instrument, the guitar. How, how, what, what, is, what, what is your role as the guitar player in a jug band? What do you find yourself doing? May I interrupt? Yes. Chuck's role is being there every week because if he's not, we can't rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck remembers the key of every song. Uh, yeah. This might just be a guitar, but we need this guitar to make this band work. <laughs> and the ukuleles for fun sounds. <laughs> well, but you've got a kazoo at the top of it, so that was nice. Go ahead. Let me just add something about somebody mentioned Andy's music, which is a wonderful, wonderful place having the most unusual, weird instruments you could ever imagine. And it's a great place to, to go just to, to look. And if you're looking for something really unusual, you're likely to find it there. But at the same time, I like to mention something people don't realize, which is the Old Town School store is not a profit-making store. It's a, it's a place that hires... Musicians, which what a great thing. It's hard if you're a musician, particularly if you're not a big-time musician, to get a good job that connects you to your music, and the school does that. And every dollar they make there, and they are sometimes more expensive, even with discounts than other places, every dollar you spend there goes to the school. And if you care about the school, like many of us do, that's exactly where, uh, where I try to spend my money. It's a great place. And I, I wanted to ask you guys, how do you come up with... Uh how do you decide on which songs? I mean, because as a jug band, you kind of, you get a wide range. As long as you make it sound like jug band music, you could kind of take in different types of songs. So how does that We're start? always trying new songs, and uh, we try to, uh, try to find songs that use best features of each of the instruments, or the worst features, which is part of the enjoyment of the... the yeah. but, uh, May I say that Chuck comes up with the songs where he has to put the most words, I mean, sing really fast. Right. Uh, <laughs> nobody else wants to take that on. <laughs> it's very democratic. Everyone brings their own song. We try it the second week, and we don't get much response. It kind of fades away. But the ones that we play and play again are the ones that the whole band seems to enjoy. Could I ask what 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 have been the great failures of like? Wait a minute. Oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, oh. for the wolf now I'm going to make you I, play I, it. I, I love the Wolfman song. I just couldn't get the other, other guys to play it. And actually, on that one, Steve uh, Boom Boom, the, one of the few songs he was willing to put vocals on, so it was the Wolfman. What, uh, he does the Wolfman song. Anyway. <laughs> Is there, what type of songs you guys like playing best? 
think we all have our own individual favorites because uh -huh. I know I like the old 20s and 30s old early jazz tunes. So those are that's what I tend to bring mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And Boom Boom plays with Pitchy and the 44s, which is a really uh, considerably different kind of band than, than ours. I'm, I'm an old hippie, and my music tastes yeah. are from about 1963 to 1979. And anything that doesn't fall in that window, I couldn't tell you where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I play this like... There you go. I play this like I'm Jack Bruce or John Entwistle, and my mind, that's what I'm trying to do. So none of this music that we do is something I would choose. <laughs> That's thankful. honesty for you. Yeah. But I'm very thankful to have a place for me and my tub to go and with friends. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, skip. That, that sounds like a good good lead in actually to uh, to doing the song that. Uh, in fact, the whole the whole discussion to a song that the band is not as fond of as I am, which is a sing along song. But you guys like sing alongs, right? Yeah, and the, and the band will help me if I get lost in the words. And okay, right? Okay, little scrapey, the sweet street sweeper. Let me tell you a story that's sad but true. Could happen to anyone. It could happen to you. It happened not long ago, not far away. It happened in the place called Chicago. His name was Scrapey, and that's not bad. If that was the only name that he had He was a street sweeper And that's okay too Cause sweeping the streets Is what he would do His name was Scrapey The sweet street sweeper 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 Now Scrapey had a wife she was a street sweeper too. Sweeping up hills is what she would do. Together they had such a wonderful time. In fact, you might call them partners in grime. Her name was Stacy, the steep street sweeper. Stacy, the steep street sweeper. One more. Stacy, the steep street sweeper. Stacy, the steep street sweeper. Her husband was Scrapey, the sweet street sweeper. 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 Now they had a son. quite sleep. When she went to bed, she wore only a sheet. And they had really good times. Come rain, hail, or sleep, 
when he came by the house, by her name he would call her, James Sheila the Sleep Sheeted Shrieker. 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 And his name was Spacey the Sheep Sheep Spacey the Sheep Sheep Seeker. His mother was Stacy the Sleep Street Sweeker. And the dad was Stripey the Sweet Street Sweeper. You'll never hear that song any place on the old set. You won't even hear it very often with the band for the reasons you, that are pretty obvious. Anyway. Uh, so you want, want one more song? Or do you wanna? Okay, we do. This is another classic song. This is actually a. Uh, this is a classic, you know, uh, probably a jump band. This is an old song, actually.
So I, I think what we've got is you've got some of your students who are here to play a little bit with you, right? Some, some no, other these students. Not, these, oh. are, these are other people from the Old Town School who I recruited. As I said before, i always recruiting people to play along with my classes, people who are good uh, ear players. And uh, that's part of the way we have fun. And, and part of the way that students in a harmonica class, if all they had was the teacher playing for them, playing along with them, you know, what do you have? But if you go in a harmonica class and you decide you're able to play with some really good musicians, it becomes part of a, almost like uh, an ensemble experience. And uh, so we have a great time. Uh, and uh, so uh, uh, Patty and, and Paul have been playing with me for several years. And every now and then they they wander off into gypsy jazz or some other, some other wonderful field. Uh, uh, and then every now and then they wander back. So, but this is they're coming back here today to. Uh, so, guys, are you going to join us here? And uh, we'll um, we have a couple songs, and we also sing. One of these is a sing-along song too, actually. Do you, do you remember how you guys met? Uh, I don't have any recollection of. Uh, it seems like I've always known these guys, uh, but. Uh, a lot of it is uh, some of the people I'm closest to are people I've met when I go into the store and I see someone trying out a guitar and I say, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, do you get enough music in your life? And uh, the answer for any of you who, who make music, you know, uh, you probably can never get enough music into your life. And uh, so that when I get that answer, then I give them an opportunity and uh, this has gone on for a long time. And... Uh, uh, as I mentioned, I don't know, here or elsewhere, that Deb Lader of the Sons of the Never Wrong uh, played with my classes for many years. Uh, Ted Parrish, who used to, was with a, a band here in Chicago, and then later he was he head of the music school here at the school, and, uh, and now has a music school in, uh, where he lives. Um, uh, all sorts of people. And uh, uh, my friend who uh, uh, has um, a band called Patent Medicine, uh, I played with them for many years, and but I met him uh, through the school, so it's all uh, all part of the part of the joy of making music together, and that's where uh, that's what school is all about, making it accessible to anybody, and uh, and not embarrassing people. Uh, I mean, it's a matter of uh, one of the things that uh, we like to say is uh, adults don't always practice between <laughs> between classes. Right. No surprise, right? But. Uh, Coming to class is a form of practice, and that's uh, so we encourage uh, people to come and have a good time. That's I, the... I wanted to ask you um, if you had a pick between only performing or only teaching, which would you pick? They're they're so closely well, you can tell so closely related. It's hard to hard to say, but probably the teaching would be the and the, the teaching. Of course, I do. I now teach eight, eight classes a week at the school, and it's uh, as I tell people, this is the best part of my life. It's really a this wonderful time. I have a great family. Well, it's because I have a great family plus plus eight classes. It, 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 what could you have better? A, a great family with great kids and eight classes a week of, of teaching at the Old Town School? Wow! Wow! <laughs> Amazing! So are you there every every day of the week? or how? I, I have a great schedule. I'm there from Wednesday uh, from a jam Wednesday noon. Great jam. You're welcome to come to it. Uh, from 12 to 2. And then I'm finished at uh, about three o'clock on Friday, my one of my great classes. So, what a 
What fun. Well, I'm, I'm what looking fun. He- forward to hearing the three of you play now. Yeah, let me see if I can find what we're playing. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I hope you can. And then, the let, then let us know. <laughs> the, uh, and this is something I do in my, my first, uh, first class in harmonica. But it's a, it's a song I wrote specifically for that. But it's also a nice, uh, nice singing song because it has, a, has an answer to it. Um, so what, actually what I do is I say to people, if I, if I say to you, um, and I'll ask you guys, uh, if I say to you, I'm going home, what, it, what do you say? Goodbye. 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 Well, where do you live? <laughs> but if I say to you, I'm going home. That's right. So, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. It won't be long for I am gone. I'm going home. I'm going home. When the sun goes down. 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 When the sun goes down, I'll leave this town. I'm going home. I'm going home. Now for harmonica players, when they if they like to sing, how do you play the harmonica when you sing? But if you use the harmonica as an answer. I'm going home. I'm going home. It won't be long for I am gone. I'm going home. You also do with other instruments. in the early days of radio, the show they were most known for was called Sing Along with the Land Trio. And here is a classic case of, I, at the time, I thought, well, I'm not doing in folk music, I'm not doing anything like they did, where they had people sing along. And of course, that's what the Hootenannies were all about, and that's what the Old Town School is all about. So without intending to do so, I kind of fell into the same kind of tradition that they were part of, including back before the early days of radio, sitting on the front porch and Neighbors coming by and singing together. It's just, uh, it all is one in one piece, and it's, uh, it's so nice. Um, 
So let's let's try um, the uh, how, long? how long. Okay. Give it a start. In the chorus, this you can sing along and do. How long? How long? You know that as that evening train's been gone. How long? How long? Baby, how long? One more time, everybody get What a great song. How long? How long has that train to the station, walked up and down, but my baby couldn't be found. How long, how long, baby, how
When you mentioned that your your parents and or your father with his the singing program, did you guys sing at home and stuff like that? Uh, oddly enough, we didn't sing at home, and uh, and our kids uh, they're musical, but they don't sing. They don't play instruments. Except that Fran tells me that uh, that she hears my son singing in the shower. Won't <laughs> sing with us. Let's sing in the shower. And my daughter, an amazing story, she, uh, I used to play the concertina, English concertina. English concertina, if you, if you know anything about it at all, it's, it's our, uh, is if you push and pull, you get the same note either way. You push buttons and same note. And uh, my daughter had heard me playing that and got one of these songs in her head. And a few years ago, she said, uh, could I have, uh, uh, could I have uh, uh, your... your uh, concertina and because uh, uh, she said I've been playing along with it uh, playing with it myself and I've got that tune down so I gave her the, the English concertina and she said no no I've been working on the other one she had learned it in the one where you get a different note pulling and pushing and pulling I, I can't do that and she had figured it out but I've never heard her play it <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's that kind of thing. Very often, it skips generations, it, uh, or or the or until you're until until you're not around, they but all of a sudden they become very music. Which actually is the truth. Actually, I just a discovery. I did not make music until my father had, had was gone. Hmm. Interesting point. Anyway, okay. Hmm. How so? How old were you when you started making music? Uh, actually, another great, great thing. I, I didn't start until I was uh, in my, what, my 40s? Uh, yeah, in my 40s. Uh, and uh, so, which now, so 33 years, is, <laughs> that takes me quite a, a long way. Um, but, uh, and that's the thing, again, about the school. Many people come, come to the school um, after retiring and turn out, in fact, there's a wonderful story. Uh, my friend Steve Bishop, who is uh, actually he had started playing guitar when he when he came to the school in 1957 with his dad. His dad, I guess, was a had had a fruit wagon, and and uh, I think that's right, and uh, sold fruit on the uh, store on the street. And is is he wanted to learn a guitar, so there he was at whatever 17 or 18 years old. His father brought him to the old town school that on, on North Avenue was starting. Well, Steve Rand lived a long or worked a long life with the United Way, and when he retired, he came back to the school and started playing guitar again, and then. And this is now again. We're talking about maybe five years ago. He started playing mandolin, and now he plays mandolin exclusively. He plays it by ear and plays it really well. Again, as somebody who just started as an older person, that's the that's the magic of having a place like this. So it's a uh, you know. So the place isn't perfect, and, and uh, any of us who work there know that. But uh, but it's it's awfully good, and it's a place that brings it together. So did did you? 
foresee yourself, you know, I'm going to learn music. I'm going to put together a great jug band. I'm going to do, I mean, what were your goals when you first started playing an instrument? When I, well, when I, when I retired, I'd been teaching one class a week at the school, or two classes, one night a week at the school. And I had no idea what I wanted to do when I retired. I had no idea what I would do. I had a big list of things that I might do. But I uh, came to school, I started teaching more classes, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, I, because of Fran, I met the, I found the Jug Band uh, class, which is still a, a still class offered. Jonas Friddle, one of our amazing, exciting young teachers, who is, uh, in fact, was running a jam at the other at the at the school tonight, right before this. Um, uh, he has done the Jug Band class, and uh, it's a it's an inspiring class. And they they play every year at the Battle of the Jug Bands, which uh, which I organize every year, and uh, it's great fun. Talk a little bit about the Battle of the Jug Bands. The Battle of the Jug Bands was started uh, about 10 years ago by uh, uh, the person who then taught uh, the Jug Band class, uh, uh, Arlo Leach, uh, who then uh, and now is, it lives in Portland. And um, every year um, we get together the best bands we can recruit to, uh, to play. It's, uh, the winner is determined by audience vote, although... Uh, we have some ideas on how to change that this year. I'm hoping to get a, a number of distinguished, distinguished people in, in particularly in, in their fields. I mean, for example, suppose you could have a panel of economists, <laughs> internationally known economists. And as it happens, I've had a Nobel Prize winning economist in my class who, as it happens, is a harmonica player. So if I can get him to recruit some other can you give names? Nobel who, Prize winners. Who, 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 <laughs> who, who oh, I don't want to. I don't want. There's too many uh, Nobel Prize winners to identify that. Though. <laughs> uh, well, I I know you've got a you've made a great list out of all the the songs and who's coming up next. So what what's yeah, next on our we, agenda? Why don't we scared. bring the jug band? Uh, or, actually, tell you what, let, let, let's let's bring uh, um, uh, Patty and and Paul back again. Okay. And give them. And what, what, what is this uh, gypsy jazz stuff we're hearing? What do you guys do when you're not hanging out with, with yeah. Skip? You know, there's just too many great classes at the Old Town uh, School. Uh, good, good plug for the Old Town School. Mm-hmm. Talk too about many it. Great, um, gypsy jazz is, uh, you know, Django Reinhardt kind uh-huh. of uh, fun. Uh, well, l- let, fun me, let me add, to, and so it's, it's Django Reinhardt. It's all this great, this great stuff from yeah. my period. Yeah. But it's another example of the way the school changes it gives you things that you wouldn't expect. I was invited by the person teaching it to sit in with them. Uh, this is three or four years ago because they had some some uh, uh, jazz people from some other country. I don't remember. Well, I think it was from from Egypt actually. Uh, so I come in, I, and there there is the teacher. These guys weren't in it at the time. There are these two Egyptian jazz players who read music, which I don't. <laughs> uh, and there was a, and there were the students who were in the class, including a bass player. And I don't know who the other people were because immediately when we started playing, I looked at this bass player and I said, boy, he's a good bass player. And uh, so after the class, I talked to the teacher. And I said, look, um, <coughs> would you mind if I talk to your bass player about maybe playing with my glasses? Uh, and because, you know, sometimes people can get too much music and that they might not take the class. So I thought, I didn't want to have that happen. The teacher said, no problem, just talk to him. So I talked to the guy, I said, would you like to play with my classes? Sure, be happy to. Comes to the couple of classes, he was wonderful. He was even working on slap bass. 
Ha. You know what slap bass is? This this great where they they slap the bass. They go it's great this great rhythmic effect. Anyway, he played for several classes for a while. Then one day he said, Skip, you know, I can't play for your classes today because I'm I'm recording with, with Rachel Barton. And I said, Oh well, okay. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, but that's an example again of the way one thing, one thing leads to another. And the more you play music at the school, the more people you meet, the more opportunities you find for yourself. So, what a place. So, um, how about uh, we try Devil in a Box? This is uh, one of my one of my songs. Well, devil in a box, breaking out the locks, come on after me. Well, what you gonna do when he breaks through? The box sets devil free. Listen to your mother's words, don't go near that box. Listen to your father's words, don't you fear that box? Well, devil in a box, breaking up the locks, coming on after me. Oh, what you gonna do when he gets through and locks sets the devil free? rocks so no 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 listen to your mother son don't go near that box listen to your father say gotta fear that box last time nothing in a box filled with rocks devil's getting sleepy now devil in a box filled with rocks Got the words. <laughs> so these songs, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a songwriter. What I am is someone who uh, who has these classes, and I look for easy songs to play, and where the notes, where the holes and the harmonica, uh, got to go right in a row in some ways. And so then when I come up with those, the way we teach, if you teach by ear, you've got to give people words or they're not going to remember the tunes. So I, I then have to make up words. <laughs> and so that's where the devil in the box came from. There's a, and it's kind of an interesting concept. You know, the, the devil is somehow encumbered by, uh, by rocks that we put on top of it and 
every now and then he gets out. And uh, so, uh, okay. I, I, this is making me wonder, did you have any other creative outlets before you were doing music? Uh, you know, is it... Or did this all just kind of come about kind of later on in life? I think music leads to everything. Yeah. In fact, playing harmonica led to my learning to dance. After, you know, you, you go to high school or grade school even now, and you go to a dance and they've shown you how to do this, this box step or something. And you don't any, have any idea what dancing is all about. You do the box step, and it's terrible, and it's not fun. And, but then you go to college or, or high school, and you invite a girl out to dance, and eh, you, you do this box step, and you don't know how to, and that's all you know. You have no, no feeling for it at all. You go to college. Go to college when you're getting interested in girls, and, and you have to invite them to dances, and you can't dance. It's terrible. So now, time comes. I'm happily married. Fran is, 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 is great. And, and all of a sudden, I start to figure out how to dance. I took Cajun dancing. I went to, went to Augusta Folk Heritage Workshop uh, in, 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 uh, in uh, West Virginia, 732 miles from here. Great thing. Takes place in the summer. And they have a big stage out there. And after I had, uh, I don't know if I was teaching or if I was taking classes at the time, I'm sitting on the edge of the bandstand watching people do Cajun dance. And the instructor says, hey, uh, you, uh, we need another, another guy. And I said, I don't dance. Really, I don't dance. Oh, no, come on. No, no, nothing to it. So he got me up there. And to just cut to the chase here, I really, after the first bit, Cajun dance, if any of you would like to dance and have never have been shy about it, try Cajun dancing. This, there's basically one, for the, the, the fast dancing, there's one step, and it involves putting all your weight on one foot. <laughs> and, and you can do all the swing moves and everything, and that, anyway, that really, so that became, uh, I, I love that. But that, everything, music leads to everything. <laughs> That's the answer. Good. And uh, fun and joy and friendship and, uh, and love. And Fran and I met... Uh, when uh, uh, we went to a sing-around, we both individually in 1985 went to a sing-around led by a group called Oral Tradition. It was at Holstein's, the, and, uh, uh, and I heard this woman sing a song, it was a children's song called um, uh, uh, Ostrich Went Yodeling. And amazing, this is a true story, amazingly enough, the song that I sang that, that, that night, that she heard, or she probably didn't listen to, I sang, I, this is crazy, I sang a partner song, a two-part partner song, where I had to answer myself. And the, the, the song, <laughs> this, this is almost incredible, but the, the first words were, will you be mine? And I had to answer myself, oh, yes. <laughs> And and that was the, that was the song and something about a rabbit or something. Anyway, after the after the uh, uh, if the song was uh, was over and the, and the jam was over, uh, and I didn't see friend, I didn't notice. I mean, the circle, you're not looking at people. And I was in my 40s. I thought I would never. I'd been married some years before. Thought I'd never get married, much less never have children. God, how can I have children? I'm an overweight guy and not. So I am now, but still overweight guy in my 40s. Jeez. So uh, anyway, so um, she needs a ride home. Um, she checks me out and, and told, he's just this, this boring old, old guy. <laughs> He'll be fine. 
Uh, we started singing together, and uh, Valentine's Day of 1985 comes around, or is coming close to around, and uh, it was a Thursday, and we, we're, we'd, get to, we'd sing every, every Saturday. So a Thursday, uh, that was Valentine's Day, so that week, week previous uh, Sunday or so, I call a friend, and I say, uh, look, I don't do anything on Thursday. And she said, mm, um, no, but we get together on Saturdays. Now, honest to goodness, I said, well, it's Valentine's Day, and <coughs> I would like you to be my Valentine. <laughs> now, she said, oh, no, <laughs> that's not the nature of our, re- this is a quote, that's not the nature of our relationship. <laughs> so, on the other hand, we kept singing. Every Saturday night, every Saturday, we'd go out to dinner. We'd have great times. We'd, it'd be like 2 o'clock in the morning. And in all honesty, I was saying, I'm not going home tonight. <laughs> I know it. I can feel it. I never got a good night kiss. I got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> then uh, at one point I was going away and... Uh, uh, Anyway, <laughs> so we've been married now for a bunch of years, 30, well, yeah. And then we had two great kids. Uh, uh, one is a food scientist. Another is, a, is one of those people who works with computers and does things that no one else understands. Uh, and that's, uh, that's, our, that's our story. It's beautiful. And you've managed to get, to get a whole lot, of, whole lot of stuff out of here in a short period of time. Uh, uh. Well, we've got about 15 minutes left, so what? We're, I know, I think I'm going to make you condense your schedule a little bit, but what, sure. what should we do next? Uh, what, what, we'll do one more with, with these guys, a little okay. careless love. These are all songs that I do with classes, and, uh, and actually, let me just add something before, before we go any further here. The uh, part of what I do in the classes is try to get people to the point, that I've, and it's happening in two of my classes now, two of my forever classes, I've got people willing to improvise. I mean, even people look at me and saying, I have no idea how to improvise, but by giving them really simple things, they're able to leap off into these into this uncharted territory. And uh, so talk about uh, about feeling good about something. That's, that's the neatest thing that's ever happened in these classes. When it's love, oh, love, oh, careless love. You can sing around this, too. Well, it's love, oh, love, oh, careless love. It's love, oh, love, it's careless love. You see what love has done to me. Same thing again. Oh, it's love, oh, love, oh, careless love. It's love. Oh, love, oh, careless love It's love, oh, love, oh, careless love You see what love has done to me
everybody it's love oh love oh careless love it's love oh love oh careless love oh it's love it's love oh, it's careless love you see what love has done to It's, it's love of music. It's love of music that uh, has really saved us all. Thank you guys. That was great. Okay, jug nuts. But the kazoo anthem is something that you should all know is you're going to need it when uh, National Kazoo Week. Um, actually, I should explain this to you. The, uh, a, lot of people, um, a lot of people think that National Kazoo Week is in uh, January, which is the way it's advertised. But... This last year, National Kazoo Week fell on a Sunday, so the Midwestern Synod of the National Kazoo Society decided we had to have, we had to have it in June and said, so June 22nd, a Friday night, we will be having a kazoo or something like that at the school, and you, you don't want to miss it. Absolutely not. Okay.
You didn't notice the panic is on. We were asked before I how we choose songs. This is one, a Depression era song, which every time something comes up politically or socially, I have to rewrite a verse for, and the band accepts it. <laughs> so far, they like them. So here we go.
Okay, the kazoo, uh, kazoo anthem. What are we doing, Skip? Kazoo anthem. The kazoo. When a fellow has the blues and is discouraged, has nothing else but trouble on his mind, when he's always grumbling and never happy, when he's sad, dissatisfied with life, when he's sick and tired of work and started drinking, remember, there's something you can do. You can always lend a hand. We may not understand, but hand him a kazoo. Up late, late at night, who's worried? And the mortgage company's threatening to sue. Have a smile the next time that you see him, and hand him a five-inch long kazoo. For there's nothing in this world that's better suited to buck up a man when nothing else will do than by standing up and standing with his neighbors, standing up and playing the kazoo. humble resonator that little thing the sounds go through that we express our love for independence and our sacred right to play on the kazoo yes we support the US Constitution the Bill of Rights the Ten Commandments too But we end now with this right, and for it we will fight. Our sacred right to play on our kazoo. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I would like to, like to ask you, why, why do you think anyone would want, want, would want to take away your kazoo? Is that unreasonable? Makes makes no sense at all. Um, the uh, clearly um, the uh, the only purpose of taking it away would be to, to limit your your freedom to play the kazoo. 
And uh, now, something we understand there are limits to this. That is, you don't want to pull out your kazoo in front of a stranger. <laughs> you don't want to point it at anybody unless you intend to use it. You know? So these are all common sense things, and we think everybody is reasonable enough to understand that. Anyway, so think of the kazoobly, or whatever we're going to call it, on June 22nd, and you will get an opportunity to hear not only kazoos. In fact, one of the reasons we think that attendance was poor last time was we emphasized the kazoo part too much. So it will not be all kazoos. That's the, it will be kazoos tastefully presented in, in, in floral arrangements. So thank you very much.